crumbled, buildings entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.com and FirestormFan.com. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, and with me today is the Irrefutable Rob. Irrefutable, that's good. Last week I was irascible, this week irrefutable. I can't wait to see what next week will be invisible, I guess. I got to get a thesaurus or a dictionary app next time. So, here we are. Episode 15, uh, we have – last couple episodes, we did uh, some things different. We had uh, an interview with Nick Carty, the Ooh. legendary Nick Carty. That was awesome. Great interview, Rob. Uh, uh, well, that was all Nick. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean you're, I asked, you're not, you're I asked, not wrong there. Yeah, I asked him one or two questions, and then he just talked for 40 minutes. So it was <laughs> really barely an interview. You know, I listened to that thing a couple times. I enjoyed that so much. It was just uh, – I could listen to that guy forever. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's awesome. And then last episode, um, you know, we decided to slum a little and uh, had uh, Diablo Frank from the idol head of Diablo on. And uh, actually, all, all kidding aside, that was a blast. Yes, it was. Yeah, he was uh, – the, the sheer amount of information he dispensed in a uh, – in in seventy five minutes was was astounding, and uh, I I just I really wish he would do a Martian Manhunter podcast because I want to hear about every little detail of that character's crazy history. I, I got to hear more about Marco Xavier battling Vulture. Vulture, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's my new mission in life. And something about the box where the monster came out every two weeks or whatever. It's just like <laughs> listening back to. It, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, what is he? You know, so. Well, uh, today we are back to our more traditional format. We are coming here today with our reviews of Firestorm number six and Aquaman number number six. We're a little late to the game. Sorry about that, folks. But, you know, it's going to be worth the wait. We would have done uh, it last week. We could not get Frank to shut up. So we had to push it. Exactly. He's still talking about Marshmallow. He thinks we're still recording. (laughs) (laughs) uh, In preparation for today, I am wearing one of my Aquaman t-shirts. A uh, very dark gray one with the 60s logo of Aquaman, but a gorgeous picture of Aquaman by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. And uh, I really dig this Aquaman shirt. And I'm drinking out of my Firestorm 
Toon Tumblr. Now, here, here's a dilemma I'm up against. Um, you know, I've had this first from Toon Tumblr for a while, and I think I've talked about it probably every freaking show. But I've um, been washing the dishwasher, and it, the paint's starting to chip off. <gasps> and I know. I'm, like, really bummed. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Is this a situation where I should replace it? Or is it a situation where it's like, cool, because the paint's starting to come off like all the old ones when we were kids. You know, they started fading after a while. And I can't figure out which way to go. I would buy another one just in case and just keep it. And then when, but, but keep using the old one. And then mm-hmm. eventually the old one will just get to the point where it's an invisible girl glass. And so you just uh, replace <laughs> it with the new one. Oh, Sue, in your sweet nectar. Can I say, can I, say I, I had this idea many years ago. This has nothing to do with the show, but just because I happened to mention it. I always thought that back when Toy Biz had like the Marvel license, if, yeah. they, if they ever had a real sense of humor, they would have sold an empty package and called it the Invisible Girl figure. <laughs> that would have been great. Well, if I remember right, I think Heroclix did that. When they first came out, they would give, um, they did like convention specials. Mm-hmm. Like they did, you know, specifically you could get this specific Heroclix at a convention. It's the only place you could get it. And I want to say they did two uh, goofy ones. One was Invisible Girl and one was uh, like Ant-Man or Wasp. And both of them were just. The base, without a figure. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's funny. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm sure there's some Heroclix aficionados out there that could give me this, but I'm pretty sure that's what the deal was, and I think that's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Well, then my idea wasn't so crazy then. Okay, good to know. And it's just not very original either. So, Firestorm. (laughs) All right, folks. We're going to jump right in here. Uh, We are going to talk about the Fury of Firestorm, the Nuclear Man number six. This is this is an important issue. You know, not only do you get the, you know, in comic books there's sort of the almost made up uh six issue mark that you know every six issues sort of represents something it's, you know, as a, as a race we have five digits. I don't know why six became the number but it did. Maybe because it makes a good trade paperback, who knows. I think that's so, a big part of it. Yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> anyway, this is an important issue not only because issue 6 but because this is Gail Simone's final issue as uh as co-writer. So, credits are Ethan Van Skyver and Gail Simone on co-plots. Gail Simone is the writer. Gilda Ray Snar on pencils. Norm Rapmoon is inker. Hi-Fi is colorist. Now, that's, um, geez, you know, I, I think that's new for this issue. Hi-Fi is, are the folks that have been coloring the covers. And I believe this is their first issue coloring the entire interiors. Um, a letter Travis Lanham. And then covered by Ethan Van Skyver and Hi-Fi. Let me tell you, I loved this issue. I totally... I, I just threw myself into it and loved every bit of it. And I'm going to go through and kind of give you the summary, but uh, I just wanted to put that out front that I think it's a great issue. This cover, it's, it's the cover, uh, if you haven't seen it, folks, is this giant crater. It's this huge, enormous crater. And the camera is from looking from pretty far away, and you see these teeny, tiny little firestorms in the middle. So it gives you this real perspective that they're in the middle of this enormous crater at the epicenter of it. And you can kind of feel like, oh, my God, what have they got themselves into? It also looks like they're on a giant skull. Okay. I mean, a little bit. Doesn't that look like a skull to you? The eye, the two eyes, and then the nose down at the bottom? Well, what those are, actually, this is one of the cool things I love about this cover, um, is you, you, you see the giant crater, and then there's three ancillary craters. Yeah, there's one directly below it. There's one at sort of like the 5 o'clock position. And then there's one at sort of like the 7 o'clock position, uh, kind of hidden behind the, the UPC box. And there's little trenches going to each of them. What that's supposed to represent is the Firestorm symbol. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Okay, now I see it, now that you said it. It's very subtle. Uh, it's really cool. Ethan Van Skyver outdid himself. This this is, 
by far my favorite cover. And, and, and we've seen covers all the way up through issue 9 already. And uh, this one just, woof, this is my favorite. Now, I, I do reserve judgment because issue 10 apparently is going to be Yildirim Sinar's first cover. Oh, good. So he d- He's doing the cover and Ethan Skyver's inking him. So, you know, I may change my mind on that. But I just, I am, I can't, I can't say enough good things about this cover. I think it's great. So, all right. So, quick summary. Um, last issue, we were left off Firestorm. The Firestorms had battled a rogue Firestorm protocol at a rock concert. And, you know, they were trying to prove themselves as superheroes. And it was very, you know, hey, we've got a mission. Let's go be superheroes. Let's save the world. Get a little good PR. And it all went horribly, horribly wrong at the end when this uh, rogue protocol guy committed suicide. He blew himself up, killing all the people in the uh, rock concert arena. So about 2,000 people died. And the issue opens with Ronnie and Jason just in absolute grief and grief-stricken trying to cope with the fact that they were at the epicenter of this explosion. Ronnie and Jason uh, have some really, uh, I I thought, great dialogue back and forth because you see a lot of the stages of grief. You see some denial. You see some you know, uh, anger, you see all the different sort of emotions going on, and it sort of, uh, it escalates. Ronnie just ha- takes off. He just can't take it anymore. There's this really, really uh, moving uh, splash page. When you open up the, f- the very first page, is a nine-panel grid, and, you, it's, you know, it's very nice artwork. Um, it's actually really great artwork, but when you, the next page you flip it, you get this giant two-page spread. So the, to me, Splash pages get used too often in comics, but this is a perfect example of where a splash page works. So Ronnie and Jason, they're, they're trying to deal with this. Ronnie gets upset. He flies away. He just can't take it anymore. And, and he sort of almost like loses consciousness, I think, and takes a header into a lake, evaporates the lake in a heartbeat. And, you, skipped uh, over Jason, the, you, skipped over the, you skipped over the cheery part where the Firestorm realizes that he and has the dust of dead people in his mouth. That's well. I really, I was going to say that for my commentary. Oh, <laughs> okay. So we'll talk. We'll talk about the dust of dead people again in a minute. Because we'll Ooh, yeah, let's cover that twice. Dust in the wind. All we are is dust. In- Have I ever told you how much I like Kansas? Oh, I love being Kansas. Right. Cost me ninety nine cents on iTunes now. Okay. <laughs> now you're never going to get out of your skull. Me singing it. Ha ha ha. So. Ronnie, and Jason, uh, Jason, uh, Ronnie evaporates the lake, and we see watching them is dun, 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 Pozar, who is Mikhail Arkadin, the Russian Firestorm, um, the man who supposedly worked with Martin Stein on developing the Firestorm protocols, and who we've seen in the previous issue or two is a complete badass. So he goes down and confronts Ronnie and Jason and just gives them a pasting. Uh, he, he assumes that they're rogue protocols. He doesn't realize that, you know, they're sort of, quote-unquote, legitimate firestorms. He thinks they're rogue protocols as well. So he starts giving them a pasting. He's ready to take them out. And they have some pretty intense conversations. And at the end of it, he sort of, after a cool battle, and I'll talk about this again uh, in, in a minute, um, after a cool battle, he decides that, you know, they're, they're legitimate firestorm protocols and they're worthy of having the power and he should sort of keep their eye on them. He's more interested in Ronnie than Jason, though. He believes that he... I'm assuming he thinks he can manipulate Ronnie. He didn't come out and say it, but all the characteristics that interested him in Ronnie implied that he could manipulate Ronnie, whereas Jason, he couldn't. So anyway, uh, we're left with him thinking that he will be dealing with Ronnie again in the future. Ronnie and Jason do what they do best, argue and have a fight. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't agree on the next course of action. Ronnie wants to go after Pozar, and Jason uh, thinks they need to be dealing more with the, the fallout of the 
Rogue Protocol exploding in the, at the Karak concert. So they have a huge battle again, um, just beating the hell out of each other. And it's kind of nice because they're not yelling at each other during the fight. You're getting caption boxes. And at this point, they're kind of saying, yeah, this is how it all fell apart. And it's almost like it's a past tense saying this is where Ronnie and Jason's relationship ended. So they have a great fight. Fury kind of starts to come out. Like they, they bump into each other and start fusing into Fury. And they're both so pissed. Like, hell no, Fury. Back off. This is our fight, not yours. And they actually push Fury away, which is a really cool moment, I think. So at the end of it, Jason and Ronnie basically tell each other to F off and say, you go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Our partnership is over. We're done. Ronnie flies off to go look after Pozar. Jason's going to stay behind and gets a call from everybody's uh, favorite espionage person, Zither. And she says, uh, a video made it out from the terrorist attack. The world knows you need to get out of there. And at that moment, a bunch of news vans and army soldiers pull up and are pointing their respective cameras and guns at Jason. And that's where the issue ends. Now to go into the commentary here, and I'm just going to keep talking because, Rob, you just interrupt when you need to. Yeah, I, I, I will when we get to Aquaman. Okay. Um, <laughs> again, folks, I loved this issue. You know, uh, Rob and I have talked before about Yildir Sinar's art. We absolutely uh, love Yildir Sinar's art. We're huge fans of his. We really liked the previous issues where he uh, penciled and inked his own work. Uh, we've said it so many times. I don't want to belabor the point, but we really do like him inking his own stuff. And I was a little disappointed last issue with some of the inking um, from Norm Rapmund. But I'll tell you, this issue, the guys hit their stride. I, they really gelled on this issue because you still see Yildir Ray's really clever, really intelligent layouts, um, and yet the detail and the shadows all came together here uh, with Norm this time. So while it, it still doesn't have the look that it had the first few issues, and it is more traditional superhero fare, it's really, really good superhero fare, I would say. Ray does manage to cram a lot of information in, in, in a tiny space and make it pretty clear. That's that's not that's not easy to do. Yeah. You know, especially all the fight scenes he has. To, this, this issue is like basically two long fight scenes stitched together with, you know, Zither in the, in the, in the middle <laughs> or something. And, you know, that's tough to do. Not everybody can, can pace that out correctly. So he's definitely very good at that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, I mean, some of these pages are nine panels, some are eight panels. I mean, he just, he packs it in there and it's gorgeous. I, I, I tell you, there is not a bad page in here, Rob. I am really thrilled with everything in it. I really liked uh, this. I think this is the first time we've really seen Ronnie or Jason's, I, uh, actually, irises during the, when they're in the Firestorm modes. Mm-hmm. And they, they used it quite a bit. And I think, or pupils, maybe, whatever you want, however, whatever the right eyeball terminology is. But I think it was very effective because it really showed. Convey each time it was used was to convey emotion, and I thought that was really good. Whether it be grief or anger or whatever, uh, I thought the use of the eyes was, were very effective this time. And I did that. That line did creep me the hell out. Where Ronnie's upset and he's breathing the dust, and he goes, "Yes, the dust. It's people. It's on me." <laughs> what and a fun book! <laughs> and it says we're breathing. Yeah, that, there's your uh, traditional firestorm kicking the gonads right out of the gate. Um, they're breathing dead people because you know every firestorm issue's got to start with that, and that, I'm okay with that. I don't know if you remember last time, Rob, we talked about – I mentioned I had sort of started to notice a lot of religious comments from Ronnie, like, you know, my God, and just that, those kind of phrases quite often in the last – and then even uh, Pozar calls him on it. 
So and, and Ronnie even wants to kneel down and pray and stuff. So so clearly they're sort of setting Ronnie up as religious, Jason up as science, and just to just to help demonstrate the difference between the characters. And I think that's fine. I mean, Ronnie wasn't terribly religious in the previous um, continuity, but I don't think it takes anything away from the character either. Uh, there was a comment here by Pozar, which I'm really interested to hear where this goes. He mentions um, he is a red shadow is a term he uses. And it was itching at the back of my brain, so I had to look it up, and I was pretty sure I had heard that term before. Sure enough, in previous Firestorm continuity, there was uh, – when Mikhail Arkadin, who in this case is Poser, when he was Poser for the Russian government in the previous continuity, he was sort of working for this government guy named Zastrow. Real bastard, this guy. was terrible. Just bad news. This bald guy with sunglasses who was just this evil evil sort of general or major. Or I think he was a major. And he had a league of sort of minions that worked for him called the Red Shadows. He was like the head of the Red Shadows. And so I wonder if they're just using that term here just for continuity type sake, you know, to carry that concept, or if they're going to do something with Zastra. Because I'd love to see Zastra again. He made a great foil because he was human. He, you know, every once in a while in a superhero comic, you get a human who just makes a great foil. This was one of them. What era of Firestorm was that from? This is during what I call the Blank Slate era, which is um, when it was Ronnie and Mikhail refusing. Okay, okay. So, and, uh, oh, man, I would love to and, and, you know, I think the other match heads out there back me up. Zastro was cool. One of the things worth noting here about Pozar's uh, powers, it looks like he manipulates uh, organic material in this one. Looks like he makes a bunch of vines grow out of the ground to grab Jason. And that... Firestorm's never been able to manipulate anything organic, so that's kind of a cool, you know, change or different or different sort of power to show. It was a good panel, that particular one by by Elder Ray and Norm Ratman, the one where the mm-hmm. vines come out of the ground. That's a it's a striking shot. I'm telling you, man, all this stuff is just aw- the the battles in this are so cool. The I, I you usually comment about the coloring and how things just feel hot. There's a lot of that in this issue, where you can just feel the heat and the energy crackling in this thing, and I just oh. I can't stop gushing over it. I'm sorry. I, I think, honestly, I think this is probably my favorite issue yet. Woo. And that's saying a lot. Wow. I really love number four. And I think this one did it for me. So, uh, Also, this other cool thing where Pozar actually turns off Ronnie's powers. That's awesome. And he's like pointing his fingers at Ronnie's head like a gun at one point, which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> Pozar has a universal Firestorm remote. Right. He, he totally has that. <laughs> boop, boop. Then I, I mentioned earlier the uh, the fight with Ronnie and Jason, how Fury wants to get out. That that kind of goes hand in hand with this this cool fight where Ronnie and Jason are beating the crap out of each other. There's no um, you know sound. Well, there, there's no discussion between the two. Normally there are. They're yelling things at each other, and all the word balloons are in sort of the past tense. So that's awesome. And, and this thing with the Fury where Fury is trying to get out, and I just oh, because this, this is between us, Fury, me and the Jock, and you are not welcome. Which is pretty cool. Um, Zither's comment at the end here where she says some video made it out. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally sure that came from her. <laughs> Manipulative bitch. Um, oh, my. Sorry. She's just evil through and through, you've man. Had, you've had quite the potty mouth the last couple of episodes. I'm just kidding. Well, I, I haven't dropped any F-bombs at least. Oh, um, well. <laughs> that's saying a lot for me. It really is. <laughs> you guys don't know how much Rob has to edit out normally. Um but she's, I mean, she's a terrible, terrible person. She really is. I mean, remember, she's the one that kidnapped the parents. She's the one that had people. She, she, Cliff Carmichael works for her. I mean, she's bad news. Anyway, so I'm sure that she arranged all that video. 
It was interesting, you know, in other issues of Firestorm, I've, I've commented on how much story was crammed into one issue. I would say this issue is sort of different. There's not a lot of story in say, like, like not a lot of things happen. Like other ones, there's like, you know, 12 distinct scenes. This one, there's only a few. But there's, there's definitely a very distinct middle, a beginning, middle, and end. You know, you got two big fight scenes, and you got a tremendous amount of like emotion and, and sort of pathos and just things you really feel when you read this. So, you know, as far as it wrapping up the first six issues, I think it does an excellent job. I think it brings the whole thing full circle from when Ronnie and Jason, you know, dislike each other greatly, first gain their powers, start to come together in later subsequent issues, and here they split apart again. It just makes a nice bookend. I think it's quite very well done. And, um, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to miss Gail, but I'm really looking forward to the new writer that comes on board next issue, Joe Harris. He's done, he's got a great comics resume. I think we're in for some really cool stuff with him. He's got a background in superhero comics. He's got a background in horror type stuff. He's got a background in all kinds of different genres. So, and, uh, and he's, he's even more of a, uh, a lefty than Gail. So he makes a, well, he really is. Uh, so he makes a great balance, I think, for for Ethan's far right wing feelings. So I think we'll hopefully we'll see some more of that. And uh, I think it's exciting. And you know, and Ethan Van Scarver's drawing the next two issues, and which is big news. I mean, he's a huge artist. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that will sort of re-energize people to try the book again because sales honestly have been in a bit of a slump for a few uh, issues. I was going to ask you, do you, would you know where they are? Because I mean, now that we've seen the DC is willing to cancel some of the new 52 books, you know, then, you know, okay, well, you know, no, you know uh, you're, not, you're not necessarily safe just because you were part of the big relaunch. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I haven't checked issue six. I don't remember, but, um, we're probably hovering somewhere around the 100 mark, okay. you know, honestly. And, and out of the 52 books, I don't know where it puts it. I, I, I have to do the, the math on it to figure it out, but I got to think that they're probably in the danger zone mm-hmm. at least, you know? So I hope that, you know, people will come back and try this because I think it's a great comic. I really do. Uh, I think uh, the next two issues with Ethan are going to be really exciting. And then Yildere comes back after that with a Justice League International crossover. Dude, I'm so excited about that. I'm serious. I'm like, I'm like over the moon. (laughs) I know. I can tell. Well, Justice League International, it's one of my favorite books uh, out of the new 52. I just think it's fun. I, I dig Dan Juergen's writing. I'm digging the art. I like the Justice League International team. Um, and it's not even like it's, it's not even a nostalgia thing. It's not even because the, I love the old JLI cause the old JLI is friggin' awesome, but it, it's just kind of a new feeling. And I, I enjoy that book a heck of a lot more than the regular justice league book. Um, I'm sorry. I'll just say it. that that regular justice league book is, it is, uh, the, I think the expression is a hot mess. <laughs> it's like a hot mess means it's absolutely gorgeous, but it's just all messed up. <laughs> And Lindsay Lohan is often described as a hot mess. Is, is the sense, but uh, that's that's where I put the Justice League book personally. But that's why I like Justice League International because I'm getting my JLI or J Justice League characters, and it's just fun. So I, I love that they're gonna have a crossover. There's this awesome cover uh, of just of Firestorm number eight, nine, nine, where Firestorm and Firehawk are kind of walking along. J- Jason Firestorm and Firehawk are walking almost arm in arm. Near, I think it's the, probably near the Eiffel Tower or something. And in the background, the JLI is like struggling in this giant hand. They're like, ah! <laughs> I think I'll take a breath now. <laughs> okay, Frank. I pulled a Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I, can you tell I'm excited? 
just to be clear, I looked up the sales. Firestore number five was came in ninety sixth last month. They haven't published sixes yet. Uh, no, the last one we have is ninety six. Um, it is it is in the top one hundred books, DC's lowest selling book of, uh, of, of, the, of, of the top one hundred. Yeah, because they've got they've got ones that are lower. Those are the ones that were canceled. Yeah, fingers crossed, man, because it's a good book. So, and, and this issue, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think we've got a great future ahead of us. And, and I hope that Joe Harris and Ethan Van Skyver and Yilda Reisner get a chance, and Norm Ratmoon get a chance to tell the story that they're on the path to tell. Because uh, listening to Ethan, they've got, they've got a plan. They've got a direction. And they've got some cool stuff ahead of us that I, that I desperately want to see. Not to be a downer, but Firestorm number four sold, was number 87. Yes, thank you. So. <laughs> Sorry, you're just you're just loving that, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm actually trying to look. Hey, uh, it would be terrible of me to lord high sales figures because this is you know <laughs> what do I know about it other than recently? So I, know, I was gonna say. I mean, yes, Aquaman is one of the top selling books in the world right now. One of the top selling comic books in the world, and and kudos to you. But uh, I deserve no kudos for that at all. But I mean, sorry, kudos to Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, just remember where you come from. Yeah, cause... I know. I always will. Like I said, well, not, I'm not taking it, and that's why I'm not making fun of fire. I was, I was simply giving you the numbers. I was not trying to point anything out. So, what did you think of this issue? Uh, I. Uh, we talk about Aquaman. Okay, that's true. <laughs> fair enough. Hey, again, I loved it, and uh, I will say my favorite part of the book from the first issue uh, has been Yildiray's work, and that is still the case. So uh, okay. let, me, let me go with that. And um, I would love to see if um, if Firestorm got canceled again. Not to bring that up again, but if Firestorm got canceled, I would love to see Yildiray put on another book and allow him to do what he did on the first couple issues of Firestorm, which was like, you know, like sort of ink or, you know, I'm not sure what the, how exactly he produced that work, but, um, he uses a lot of markers. He uses a lot of markers. I would love to see him do a, um, maybe like a war book or like, uh, like a, like a Conan the Barbarian type book. I would love to see mm-hmm. him on that. Uh, you know, or, or a mystery book. Marvel had Marvel DC has those, so it's I'm not like rooting at all for Firestorm to be canceled, but I'm just saying that like if 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 it was, I would my first instinct would be like, oh man, what's Elder going to do next? Like that would be the th- I would want to follow him to whatever new project he he was doing. Absolutely, he's uh, you know he's got a sketchbook out now that uh, I did not know that. Okay, yeah, I've been meaning to pick it up. I got I got to get on that. Okay, cool. Okay, you know, speaking of something, I'm sorry, I'm just. I'm looking back at this, the, the scene with Fury. I, I, I mentioned a few. I'm just so excited. These page numbers. These page numbers are so fantastic. Look at it. 19. Look at that. No, there's The this one great, and the nine. They're right there. I mentioned the – shut up. I mentioned the Fury thing. There's these great panels. And, you know, I didn't even really focus on them until now where Fury's trying to get out. But, like, it's two panels side by side where, like, half the face is Fury, half the face is Ronnie and screaming. The next panel, it's reversed. It's Jason on one half, Fury on the other half. And just it's, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I feel like Chevy Chase in uh, the 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 vacation movies where he's like, you know, he'll be talking about something. He's so excited. He's like, ah, gosh, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> Wally World, kids, Wally World. Right. Uh, all right, all right. Love this comic. Absolutely love this comic. Can't wait for issue seven. Let's talk about the guy 
Oh, he's not even in his own comic. That's right. He got to take the month <laughs> off, and the book is still selling, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this issue was the one we were all waiting for. The Aquaman Shrine did uh, our lead-up to it, which was Mira Month, which was one of our most popular efforts uh, we've done in quite a while, where we focused on Mira for the entire month, and we had hold some... On. Yes. Hold on, hold on. Yes. Let's, let's get this out there. Is it Mira or Mera? I've always said it as Mira. I've always said it as Mara. Well, you're incorrect, so there we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> say nuclear, and then we'll talk. Um, oh, oh, snap! Oh. Um, <laughs> pronunciation humor. So uh, we, the, the shrine had uh, Mira Month uh, all February, which was Joe Slab's idea, uh, um, sad alcoholic Joe Slab's idea. And uh, um, – <laughs> It was a great it was a great one because people really really loved it and we got some input from uh, we got some like personal reflections on Mira from Paul Kupperberg and from uh, Lori Sutton who worked at DC for many years and actually was a fan of the original comic and like had her letter printed in like 1969. Um, we got uh, a thing from Steve Skeets who of course wrote the the which is still like my favorite Mira storyline, the search for Mira. And we even got some commentary from Serena Irwin, who played Mira on the Brave and the Bold TV series, which was great. Uh, we never heard from her before on the shrine. So um, Mira Month was like a massive success. And it was capped off by this issue, which was, you know, like her solo shot. And um, I'm not going to get into the exhaustive detail that Shay gets into because I don't want to. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, it, it opens with a flashback to four years ago, which is something I will get into in a moment. And we see that, um, you know, that she is revealed to be what they talked about in Brightest Day, that she was an assassin sent by her father to kill Aquaman. And then, of course, she falls in love with Aquaman and turns against him, turns against her father. And then we flash forward to the present day and um, – there's a uh, like a little grocery store, and it's run by this guy, Mr. Mr. Rovner, who is a total loathsome pig. He's um, sexually harassing his female employee. When Mira comes in looking for dog food, looking confused, Rovner uh, puts his hand on her, and Mira tells him to back off. He doesn't, and Mira summarily breaks his arm. And uh, so um, some cops come in to take her away. Um, she has a display of her powers and a really great one page, uh, full page, uh, uh, shot. Um, Oh, I should, I guess I should mention this issue is uh, both penciled and inked by Joe Prado. Normal, uh, normally Joe just does the inks, but here he's doing the pencils and the inks. Um, anyway, Mira realizes that she doesn't want to make enemies with these people. So she decides to go, uh, into custody voluntarily. They put her in the car and they're having, the cops have to deal with another emergency, which is a, um, a guy holding his uh, his own daughter hostage at gunpoint. And when the cops are seemingly unable to deal with this guy who has killed his wife slash uh, mother of his daughter, uh, Mira breaks her cuffs, takes out the guy by using uh, her powers in a unique way that I don't think we've really seen before, basically manipulating the moisture in his body, which was great. Uh, that's something Ellen Moore did with Swamp Thing years ago, so it was neat to see Mira have that ability. She pretty much knocks him on his ass because she just gets rid of all the moisture <laughs> inside of his body. Um, Mira is disgusted with all this and takes off. And then she, we uh, find her, we do another flashback where she's talking to her father. The father says, you know, basically you're a traitor then. If you won't 
kill Aquaman, then you are going to be as alone as he is. And then we find Mira all by herself. The uh, you're right there, Shag. And then they, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Shag fell over dead. Um, <laughs> I fell asleep. It's hard to listen to you so much. Welcome to the Water Podcast. Um, <laughs> I was just ready to jump right into it. So uh, anyway, the um, the young woman at the grocery store shows up to bring Mira a bag of dog treats and dog food for Salty the Aqua Dog. And uh, that <laughs> I kept waiting for that until he is officially named by Jeff Johns as something else. We're calling him Salty the Aqua. No, I kept waiting in the comic for him to call him Salty. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jeez. So um, it ends with Mira realizing, oh, you know, maybe not all humans are terrible. And then we see her feeding Salty, and that's when Aquaman shows up. And he's there. I kind of like that he walks around the house with his trident. Like, that just makes me laugh. <laughs> like, you think he put it in a closet or something. Um, well, I like he's putting on his belt. Yes. He's get, well, he's getting ready. He's getting ready, getting ready for the day. Um, and he, the, the issue ends with talking about that they're going to go visit Dr. Stephen Shin. He's going to tell us who sank Atlantis. And Mira's like, what, what? And uh, it's next month, who was the other league, which is a whole other storyline that they're doing. So um, this was, uh, like I said, this is big, Mira's big solo shot, and this was also Joe Prado's big solo shot. And after doing some fantastic work as the inker on this book and on Brightest Day, he had his chance to pencil and ink. And uh, I don't know whose idea that was. I have to talk to Joe and maybe talk to some of the other people on the book. Um, but I thought it was, you know, like, I don't want to use the word brilliant. That's too much. But, like, incredibly clever, let's say, to get the inker of the regular book to do the pencils. Um, I'm not a big fan of, like, fill-in artists because I find that, like, they end up getting someone whose style is so different and and, and I just, to me, it's just very jarring. Um, but here, this feels like a regular issue of the series. It feels like it's of a piece with the with the regular book. It doesn't feel like a fill-in because you've got one of the regular team doing it. So I really love that. I think it gives it a, a cohesiveness, which is really nice. It, do, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb, like, oh, this is clearly, you know, the Mira fill-in issue to give Ivan Reese some more time to get caught up. So, um, you know, just on an editorial angle, I really enjoyed that. Um, the big thing that I noticed in terms of aqua continuity um, was the whole bit about four years ago. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? Oh yeah. First, I mean, it's the it's the first words in the comic book. Right. I mean, it's you know, it's at four years. I'm like, it's at four years ago. I'm like, what the huh? Right. I mean, so you know, the, the implications of that are that, I mean, they have, they have not said to this point, uh, you know, like unlike Firestorm, which is clearly a reboot of the entire concept. Um, you know, this is essentially the same character that we've read all these years. Which, well, I'd say it's the same character from Brightest Day. Well, right, but that was the same. But that was the same character that we read. I mean, that because it, it, yeah, no, 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 wait, no, wait. He was the he was more the Silver Age Aquaman well, than the Modern I'm, Age Aquaman. Well, that's what I'm talking about, though. I mean, I'm saying that well, in in the Shag, be quiet. So in the Brightest Day, <laughs> don't ask a question if you don't want an answer. <laughs> uh, it was rhetorical. Um, no, no, in Brightest Day. Like they have a son. They had a son that 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 died, um, you know. And he has like the Aqua Cave. He has a lot of the trappings of the Silver Age character. So I was assuming that the version you saw in Brightest Day is essentially the same one that's been in Justice League and been in all these books for the last twenty to thirty years. But but now that they've set this version, the New Fifty Two version of Aquaman, four years. Like so, basically, Aquaman and Mirror have been together less than four years. Right. I mean, she was 
four years ago she was training she to was kill training him. to kill him four years ago now so that that does imply that aqua baby maybe never existed exactly and to me that's a huge change i mean that's not i mean that's that's you know i mean is it impossible that they could have had all that history in like three and a half years no it's not it's physically possible but it just i just think it seems improbable that you would mm-hmm. that then Jeff Johns would be sandwiching that entire history of these characters into three and a half years. I mean that just that just seems like Oh I see why he did four years. I mean think about the why of it. Because Justice League's five years ago. Right. So he wants Mara to come into Aquaman's life after Aquaman has joined the Justice League. Yes, I guess so. Yeah, I guess that is what they're what they're doing. So yeah, so he's yeah. I mean, the, the Aquaman that's running around in Justice League has never has not met Mira yet. I mean, if you see, he's pretty different. Like he's got the big mutton chops and these rocking I mean, the chains and the whole bit. Yeah, you can tell he hasn't cleaned up for a woman. Or um, he's got the Italian know, horn. I mean, the whole bit. So I mean, if he, if, he, if he was with you know Mira, he he wouldn't waste his time on the surface. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not gonna go hang out with you losers. I got look at my wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So anyway, to me, that's a this is the, that's a big change, and it's kind of subtly put in there. I mean, you could argue that you know a big block of text saying four years ago isn't subtle, but I mean, unlike the, the Firestorm, which is so clearly, you know, on its face, like oh, this is a whole new character. Well, this is kind of like now a new version of the character. You know, this is essentially like Aquaman three. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Golden Age Aquaman was Aquaman one, Silver Age Aquaman was essentially Aquaman two, and this is. You know, basically Aquaman 3. I mean, he has a lot of the same characteristics of the Silver Age 1, but obviously a lot of that history has been swept away. And What, what, what do you have against the Sword of Atlantis, Aquaman? You always leave him out. <laughs> well, okay. Um, well, because, no, because he was part of Aquaman 2's history. He's, uh, part, of, he's part of that universe. I see. Okay. And, you know, so Relax. Um, what do you have stock in the Sword of Atlantis? We're never covering those books, okay? We're not. We're not inviting Frank to do Sword of Atlantis comments. I love Sword of Atlantis. Yeah, I know. You also love Vibe, and you see how that where that got you last week. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so I mean, this you know, to me, that's just kind of a big change. And, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just something I noticed. They're like, okay, this is an entirely new history that uh, Jeff Johns is going to be able to write. And you know, I'm just curious to see where it goes. I mean, I, I. I you know, I like a lot of the, the old history of the characters. I'm not sure that getting rid of uh, Arthur Jr. and that part of their life is necessarily the worst thing because it really is such a sad part of their history. I mean, you came to accept it because it's been around for so long. I mean, and, and Arthur Jr. as a character has been dead longer than most comic readers have been alive. Um, but I'm not necessarily that upset that they're going to get rid of that. And he was only truthfully around for, I don't know, what, five years or something? Uh, Arthur Jr.? Yeah. I was around for over a decade. Oh, it's true. He was killed in the 70s, wasn't Yeah, he was killed in 70, right. 76. I kept so thinking he was... That's right. I would get, because of the stupid numbering on that Aquaman series, that always throws me off. <laughs> why why is it stupid numbering? Well, no, from issue 56 to issue 57... Oh, yeah, there's like was, a 10-year gap. Yeah, yeah seven, exactly. Seven so gap, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of, even though it was like, I guess, Adventure Comics where he died, but yeah. I just, it's... Always gets me a little tricky. Yeah, so you know, I mean, yeah. So, so this issue reveals that this is definitely a new version of the character. Again, it's it's one we're familiar with, but it's it's an updated, changed one. So you know, I thought that was kind of significant. Um, okay, I, well, I got a I got a question right off, leading off that that four years ago scene where she's battling. You know, she sort of it looks like she's training. Mm-hmm. I guess. Are the it, you're the expert here? Those that uniform of the dude she's beating the shaz out of. Mm-hmm. Are those the guys? 
from the helicopter last issue that were trying to steal the... Their helmets are clearly the same. Like, they're filled with water and stuff, so... Uh, there's, okay, there's I wasn't sure if the design was the same or not. Yeah, it's virtually the same. I mean, they, they, the guys in the helicopter in the previous issue had, like, the big battle, total justice, extreme justice <laughs> armor on or whatever, and these guys are obviously in their wetsuits, but it's the same basic concepts. So. Okay, so it sounds like the people that tried to steal the glyph last issue were not from Atlantis, but from Mara's alternate dimension thing. Something like that, yeah. I mean, he said they're going to tie this all in, presumably, in the next couple of issues. So, Actually, even if she's even from an alternate dimension now. We don't even, yeah, we don't necessarily know any of this stuff. So he said, I, you know, I enjoyed this issue quite a bit. It felt like it was said it was of a piece of the previous issues, and I've been enjoying the book so far, and I was glad to see Mira get such a solo shot she deserves it jeff johns is, and and ivan and joe and all the guys have really pumped the character up into like you know a league a a list status and so it was great that she could carry this whole and I, I was really glad that they didn't cheat it and like bring aquaman in halfway through you know mm-hmm. where it was like oh halfway through she gets in trouble and aquaman comes in no he's actually out of the book for the, he got he got the month off so uh <laughs> I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. So it was, you know, I thought it was a, you know, another another great issue. I uh, I've talked before about the coloring in this book, and I oh just yeah, think, Rod Rees. It's so good. This one page you mentioned it, the the full page splash. Oh wow, that's kind of a fun joke. But of Mara throwing the water all around the grocery store. Yeah. Knocking the gun out of the deputy's hands and stuff. It's an amazingly penciled and inked page but it's the colors are what really brings it alive um the 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 blues and the whites in the water in contrast to her green and red are just oh it's it's amazing yeah rod reese is doing a tremendous job this is tremendous tremendous job so so i I gotta wonder because they they came right out and talked about it a lot in this issue and i'd noticed it before and didn't think a lot about it but like the mara's costume and even aquaman's costume the last panel or two is very sparkly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really sparkly. And I hadn't noticed Aquaman being so sparkly before, except here on this last page. Um, so I got to wonder, like, you know, are they are they wearing, what are they wearing? Is it like fishing lure material? <laughs> it's some shiny? sort of luminescent thing, yeah. Right, well, I mean, you know, fishing lures are real sparkly to get fish's attention. I mean, is that, is that part of the gimmick here? It's, it's really, really shiny. I don't know, but maybe when they bring back the fishermen, we'll find that out. <laughs> so uh <laughs> anyway um I, I enjoyed this issue i thought it was very good i think it fit quite well um th- this issue is a good example of something uh this issue and last issue that jeff johns does very very well you know he he understands the six issue or eight issue or whatever trade paperback philosophy but he doesn't do a six issue story arc necessarily he did you know, uh, was it four issues? Yeah, the trade was two, four, yeah. Yep, and then two standalones. Well, it still makes a perfect six-issue six trade, but you feel like you get a heck of a lot more for your money because it's not just one story. Yeah, 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 I like that. I like breaking it up like that. He used to do that with Justice Society where he would do a big arc and then do a one-shot or a two-issue arc, and it just it would broke up nicely, but it always very conveniently fit into trade paperback <laughs> setups, which is, <laughs> you know, hey, that, well, that's what they make money on DC, so it's a smart yes. move. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, it's more enjoyable for the reader this way. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, I said it was great, and and the, uh, you know, it'll be uh, really nice when this is all collected. First of all, you're going to give uh, Aquaman another bite at that apple to make it like a big seller. Aquaman has been woefully underrepresented in the trade format, mm-hmm. so uh, it'll be nice for them to make a big, 
you know, like a, a, a make a big deal of this when it's collected. So, and boy, it'll I think it'll look even sort of more amazing having all the guys' art all together, page after page, especially Rodriguez's colors as you talked about. It's pretty pretty amazing stuff. You know, if he's selling so well right now, and it, it's fair to assume the trades will sell well as well. And rather than waiting six months between trades, it'd be pretty, you know, it'd be clever of DC to start collecting probably the Peter David run would be the most logical one because they could get several trades out of that. And the art, uh, you know, is is fairly modern. You know, it's kind of cool and edgy and modern-ish as compared to some of the other stuff. I bet they could get some miles out of that and make some money. Yeah, oh yeah. Considering the the interest that the new found interest in the character, they should be mm-hmm. plumbing the death. There's fifty years of stories. Plumbing the deaths. Oh, jeez. Oh, that was intent. That was not intentional, actually. Yeah, whatever. We should just end this. <laughs> we should end this half of the show now. <laughs> we should just stop here. Hey, I want to ask you. I saw on your site uh, you had this cover, which, by the way, is gorgeous. You know, Ivan Reese and, and Joe Prado court cover here is just awesome. But um, the cover I saw on your site, and maybe uh, I didn't read it, for, but. The Aquaman word was replaced with Mara. Did I see that right? Yes. You, I'm nice was that a variant nice, nice of you to visit the shrine. Um, uh, no, that's not a variant. That is something we made up. And when I say we, uh, and when I say we, I mean me. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was well Joe's, done. It was Joe's idea, but as is a lot of things, Joe has an idea, and then he basically has me do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, truthfully, you're his minion. Yeah, at this point, we really have changed positions. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, we decided to make it a gag cover and make it as if Mira had been the book. And we actually sent it off to uh, to Joe and to Jeff and Ivan and Rod, and they all wrote back. We're like, they loved it. So, uh, that was nice. It was, it was cool getting a... You know, I, I forget where I was, but I was out and I had my phone on me and my phone is, you know, my iPhone is chiming. And it's like, oh, an email from Joe Prado. Hey, an email from Ivan Reese. Hey, an email from Rod Reese. Hey, an email from Jeff Johns. <laughs> it's like, this is cool. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun little mock-up cover that we did. Okay. It was really well done. Thank you. Me and my mad Photoshop skills. <laughs> You've got the mad skills with a Z. That's right. Um, so, I think, I guess, I, is there anything else? I think we want to cover that or are we done with our number sixes for now? Well, this um, I, I just care, question about the future. Um, the who is the other leak thing? What's what's that all about? We don't exactly know yet. I mean, there's some stuff that's leaking out on comic sites, but I'm purposely not reading it because I want to just read the story. Okay. So it's some other sets of characters that Aquaman has like put together for some purpose. But I'm actually trying not to read it because I want to just get the book and read it. <laughs> Um, so, okay, well said, that's gonna, that'll wrap up the first, uh, well, not the first half, first uh, two-thirds of the show, and, uh, when, uh, we're gonna have a couple commercial announcements from some blogger and podcasty friends of ours, and when we come back, we're gonna do listener feedback. Uh, join us on the flip side. In a world where planets die. I have come to the conclusion... Krypton is doomed! Did I hear him right? Where good and evil fight a never-ending battle. But millions of people will die. Millions! Once again, the press underestimates me. One man will become a hero. Every world needs its heroes, Clark. They inspire us to be better than we are. And they protect us from the darkness that's just around the corner. One man will rise to the challenge. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! One man 
wear spandex. Well, one thing's for sure, nobody's going to be looking at your face. Mom? <laughs> well, they don't call them tights for nothing. <laughs> Presenting The Thrilling Adventures of Superman, a podcast looking at the Man of Steel's history via his earliest adventures in comics, radio, and film. Featuring reviews, commentary, creator spotlights, and more. Join the adventure at greatcrypton.com. Hey gang, Tom DJ of Better in the Dark here. As I've discussed in the podcast, which you can find at earth2.net, I suffer from mental illness. Part of this illness includes struggling with suicidal thoughts. Now I'm lucky. I've got great friends, family, and yes, even fans who give me the strength to conquer those thoughts every day. Some people aren't so lucky. For them, there's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, providing support and advice to pull those people through the darkest moments of their lives. For the months of March and April 2012, Better in the Dark is running a special BITD challenge. We're asking our fans to go to SuicidePreventionLifeline.com and donate at least $10. The donations are tax-deductible, and you'll be doing something truly great. On top of that, if you forward a copy of your receipt to BetterInTheDark at Earth2.net, that's BetterInTheDark at Earth-2.net, you may be eligible for special goodies from us. A special director's court on Brian De Palma that you'll be listed as co-producer on, plus the possibility of free audio commentaries on some of De Palma's films from me and my co-host, Derek Ferguson. For more details, listen to recent episodes of Better in the Dark. Please help me send a lifeline out to those who need it. Meet the BITD Challenge. Thank you for your time and help. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Fire and Water podcast. Uh, we've just finished up our reviews of Firestorm number six and Aquaman number six, and now we're going to talk a little bit about you, the listener at home. We're going to go to everyone's favorite segment listener feedback. Still not doing the echo. Uh, <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, folks, we have got feedback from three different episodes here. Uh, well, really just two. But um, a lot of feedback. So, uh, folks, as always, thank you so much for all your feedback. You guys are the absolute best. I mean, between your comments, your suggestions, you know, uh, kissing Rob's butt for some reason. It just – the support, it, it means a lot to us. As I, as I usually say in this segment, it, it really helps to build this community of matchheads and waterlogs and what? it, it – what, 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 Waterlogs, Aquaman fans. Anyway, um, it, was, uh, it, right. it helps to build this – earlier. <laughs> it helps to build this community uh, uh, and, you know, it, it, the show is about you guys too. It's not just about us and what we think. It's about you guys as well. And that's where you guys, this is where you guys get to voice your opinion. So thank you very much. And with that, we will just dive right in. Um, I want to say right off the bat, thanks to our folks that give us shout outs on Twitter. Very much appreciated. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's always exciting to see that pop up when someone else posts like, you know, Hey, downloading the new fire and water or, Ooh, love the new fire and water. That just, that means the world to me. And, and, you know, we, we appreciate the promotion. So my thanks to, Edward Crosby, uh, that would be Rob's nemesis, uh, Ed the Unique Geek. Oh, is that who that is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Austin, who is I.A. Austin on Twitter. Lee Novak, who's Lee Novak 16 on Twitter. Keith G. Baker, which is KGBUNC. Ben Avery, Whispering Loon. Uh, Higher Rock, no idea what your real name is. <laughs> I love man. that. Higher Rock is Higher Rock. <laughs> but keep, uh, keep, keep supporting us, Manny. We Wasn't really appreciate it. Was he a member of the Legion of Superheroes? Higher Rock? Higher Rock, yeah. I think he was. He was. Yeah. He had like a robotic arm. Anyway, uh, Caffeinated Joe, 
Wings1295, Randy Caldwell, Mr. Perturbed, Kai Charles, which is Yogi Kai, Alex Giles, I got your name, man. I found it, Moldwig. I know who you are. No, that wasn't uh, creepy at all. No, not even a little bit. That won't be used against me in a court of law, I promise. But um, Hector Negrete... Neg- man! He even gave you the pronunciation. I know, I'm trying to get it. Negreta. Hector Negreta. There we go. Who goes by Bauhaus45. Thank you very much. Jerome Liamzon. And, drum roll please, <laughs> Manjit Dangel. There See that? Go. I got it. I got it. Who's Manjit D on Twitter? Uh, Manjit was kind enough to write us. He's been a big supporter for several podcasts now, and I have slaughtered his name time and again on this show. And he was kind enough to write us and tell me how to pronounce it. So thank you for that. Um, I, the the first feedback I wanted to mention was from the Alchemy Insurance episode twelve when we posted that um, regular uh, phone member and a diehard Aquaman fan, Kevin and Joe wrote. Cool, little behind, listening to a previous Fire and Water podcast right now. So I wrote, phone membership rescinded. And he wrote, Ack, I'm catching up, I'm catching up. I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, it's, uh, don't worry, Joe's membership was not rescinded. Joe's good people. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, I'm just saying, it can be rescinded in the future. <laughs> <laughs> He's on probation. He's on temporary phone probation. Double, double seeker probation. Yes. Um, we got some nice comments from Diablo Frank, our good buddy, who was on last episode, uh, and Russell. I guess that's Russell. Uh, Russell Burbage. Burbage. Yeah. Yes, that's what I thought. Okay. Little so thank you, little Russell Burbage. Little Russell Burbage. That's right. I forgot about. Thank you for that, guys. Uh, we heard from Patrick, also known as PM. He's a, been a huge supporter, and uh, we appreciate uh, everything he's done to help us get the word out there. And Lee Novak, uh, who I mentioned a minute ago on Twitter, he also goes by Firestorm eight sixteen. Um, I just was going to read a bit he wrote here over on the Firestorm fan blog. He wrote, fantastic job once again, guys. I usually listen to it at work and uh, to make it at least one hour of my day bearable and make the other seven usually soul-crushing hours go a little faster. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Lee must work at a slaughterhouse or something. It's just, <laughs> it just sounds like his job is pretty horrible. I don't know. I can get around really some days. Uh Anyway, I had today off and wanted to wait until I went back to work tomorrow and was chained to my desk to listen to it, but I was weak and I had to listen today, and I'm glad I did. So thank you for that, Lee. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm glad that we help you uh, make it through your day. Yeah, that yeah. makes me feel really good. It, I know. And uh, you know, and Lee's been a big, big supporter of ours. He, he usually gives us shout-outs over on the DC Comics message board. Didn't this time. Thanks, pal. But anyway, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, he's been a real big supporter, and I appreciate everything he does for us. Uh, Diablo Frank, he had one comment here uh, I just had to bring up, which is he made a suggestion. Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and Tom Derenick on New 52 Blue Devil. Just a thought. Man, that has been haunting me since I read that. It's just like, ooh, New 52 Blue Devil. Palmiotti and Gray, ooh. So you, you got me, uh, yeah, I, I, you got me possessed here, Frank. Thanks so much. <laughs> I'm glad that was the phrase you used. It sounded like you were going somewhere else. Yeah, um, I, had to, I had to clean that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we got an email from phone member Sean Brock, who also goes by Oren's dad. His son's name is Oren. They actually named their son Oren. Um, Seriously? Yeah, that's that's what that means. Oren's dad. He is there. Him, him. He talked his wife into naming their son Oren. This is completely My insane. My God, Mrs. Brock. Well, that, that, I mean, that's awesome. I'm not criticizing it, but I mean, just how cool is that? I tried to talk my wife into letting me name my daughter Kara. Yeah, and, and eventually she's like, 
That's a superhero name, isn't it? I'm like, no, damn it, yes, <laughs> and it didn't go anywhere. So I hand hats off to you, Sean. Actually, for the longest time, when he signed to Orin's dad, I thought he was your dad. <laughs> Why would you say that? Well, I mean, you're you're sort of the Aquaman representative on oh, the blog. I no, I mean, my my father has no inkling as to how blogs work. <laughs> um, but anyway, he wrote, um, uh, hi guys, I'm only, I've gotten over my general laziness and I'm writing again after only two episodes this time instead of waiting 10 like I did last time. Still loving the podcast still. Thought your reviews of issue five were pretty spot on. I don't pick up Firestorm, but do give it the store read every month <laughs> just so I can keep up with the podcast. <laughs> or Sean, I think that's where I'm headed. Um, <laughs> by the way, that that's referred to as John Byrne stealing, uh, just in case you're curious. What does that mean? Well, John Byrne once said, if you read a comic in a comic shop and put it back on the shelf, that is the equivalent of stealing. Oh, I see. It, it, so all my friends, when you read a comic in a shop, it's referred to as John Byrne stealing. Oh, that's funny. Oh, okay, good. Oh, that's awesome. I'll think of John Byrne the next time I do that. Um, uh, episode 12 was fun, and you even got both Slipknot Talk and FDR worked in. Oh, we didn't do FDR last week. Um or I do have an idea for you to discuss at some point down the road since it's Mirror Month at the Shrine. Yay. Maybe at some point you could discuss the women in our heroes' respective books and maybe specific issues where they played important roles. With Aquaman, you could discuss not only Mira, but also Tula, Dolphin, Lorena, uh, Litifos, and Deep Blue. I won't be mentioning Deep Blue. With hey, Fires, with I'm a fan of Deep Blue. Um, oh, now I doubly won't be mentioning it. With Firestorm, there's Lorraine Riley, Firehawk, and the girlfriends are both Ronnie and Jason. Not sure if there's other females who played important roles in this book or not. Just an idea to consider. Keep up the great work, Fan of Flame, and Ride the Wave. I think that's a great idea. I like I like that idea uh, quite a bit. I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, it, with Firestorm, yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, Firehawk. But, you know, there's um, the, the girlfriend. Well, Doreen Day, I have nothing good to say about her at all. I despise that. That was Ronnie's girlfriend all through high school. She's oh, she's a terrible person, but uh, we could definitely talk about Jason's girlfriend. Uh, she was part of the Firestorm Matrix for a while. Uh, Jenna, or I think is how you say it, and uh, she. There's differing opinions on her. But yeah, she'd be great. And there's there's some other characters. We we could even talk about you know Killer Frost to some degree. Yeah, she she was a protagonist in the Suicide Squad book for a while, and I think I think that'd be fun. Yeah, no, I like that idea quite a bit. Absolutely. Um, Let's see here. You should have worked the FDR thing in with um, <laughs> with Nick. I mean, you know, he, he probably remembers him. So, <laughs> I think I, I I didn't want to confuse Nick any further. I think he was already <laughs> sort of baffled by the idea of what a what a what a, what a podcaster blog was, let alone talking right. in an FDR voice. <laughs> God, still can't get over how great that interview was. Okay, although that would uh, have been awesome. That I could have said I I. I talked to, I interviewed Nick Hardy as FDR. That would have been pretty amazing. <laughs> Got a letter here from Manjit uh, Denjal. Uh, uh, he he wrote in here. I stumbled upon. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole letter. It's it's a little long, but it's great. And I'm just going to pick out a couple bits. Uh, I stumbled upon the Firestorm fan site by accident. I used to do a periodic browse around the web for Firestorm stuff to see what was happening, and your site popped up, and that led me to getting back into this comic book malarkey. <laughs> he goes on talking about it. It is malarkey. It is. It is. We're all just suckers. Uh, every time I go to the comic shop, when I see the cash register come up, I'm like, oh, what? what is wrong with me? Anyway, um, so he, get, he talks about the New 52 for a second or two here, and then he says, thanks for the podcast and a great fan site. We'll definitely keep fanning the flame or soaking them down and burning them up. The end theme is very catchy. I, I love it, that the end theme has made it into like the culture in some small way. Oh, it's I mean, it's so catchy. Like I, I find myself, I find myself being like, do, 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 do. Um, 
want to give a shout out to our friends on Facebook that uh, liked our uh, podcast post in the last month or two. Christopher J. Warden, uh, again, Manjit uh, Dangel, Robert Gross, Roy Cleary, uh, Corey Hodgson, Randy Collins, uh, Roger Preeb, who, by the way, I got to mention this real quick. Roger Preeb is organizing a convention in Akron, Ohio in July. It's called the North Coast Comic Con. And let me tell you, Matchheads, this is a Matchhead wet dream of a conference. Oh, it has got Jerry Conway. It has got John Ostringer. And they've got another guy. Oh, gosh, his name's escaping me. He's not a Firestorm artist, but he's, a, he's an artist who drew, I think, Wolverine for a while and, and Moon Knight and things like that. And he's doing an exclusive Firestorm print for the convention. It's so like the... the People who buy, like I think the two-day pass, get a, get a copy of the print. It's just it's it's awesome. I mean, I, I'm I'm sort of toying with the idea of going. Unfortunately, it's on my wedding anniversary, so not the ideal date for me. But I'm trying to figure out if I can figure a way to spin Akron, Ohio, is the perfect anniversary uh, <laughs> destination. <laughs> when you <laughs> love sorry. when you love someone, say it with Akron. <laughs> not sure I can spin it, but man, I'm thinking about it. So the North Coast Comic Con. Yeah, better folks, hope she doesn't um, listen to the show. I can promise you that does not happen. So, <laughs> so think about that. Anyway, so um, other Facebook supporters: uh, Giancarlo Nurko, Kevin Culp, and Alex Giles. Uh, I did want to mention we got uh, a couple nice shout-outs on other sites uh, this past month. Obviously, um, always a thank you to Frank. Frank's oh, great. enough with him already. Well, I just, you know, hey, I got to say, whatever, you know, he's plugging us. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> now, he plugged us on uh, Idlehead as a follow-up to the podcast we did last time. And he also, you know, I, I should mention more often, he plugs us on his DC Bloodline site, which uh, he has this great set of direct currents, uh, which are like so, other sites to go visit. And he's always kind enough to post the Fire and Water podcast. So thank you for that, Frank. Ironically enough, when he, when he mentions us on Bloodlines, it actually decreases our audience. That's probably true. <laughs> That's I mean, it is bloodlines. It's a net you know? negative. <laughs> I still, I still can't believe you didn't go with like showcase. You know, even Armageddon two thousand one. Fine. Anyway, uh, and then we got a great shout out on. Uh, I love this site. It's the blog from the bog. <laughs> it's a brilliant name. It's a, it's a swamp thing. It's a swamp thing blog. You hope so. <laughs> it's a fun site and. Uh, AC is the gentleman who runs that, and uh, he, he's given us a very nice little shout-out. He, he describes us as fun as hell, and that we helped inspire the blog from the bog. So that I, was I, very nice. That was very nice of him. And let's see. I was going to mention – I was going to read a couple of the iTunes reviews. Um, folks, We love the, the iTunes I, reviews. I tell you, can't get enough of them, and you guys really came through for us this time. We picked up five yep. in the last couple of weeks, so thank you so much for that. And as we said, that really helps um, get people's attention on the podcast. It helps people find it, and again, helps grow this um, Matchhead and Waterlog community. So it's really, really much appreciated. Again with that. Yeah, again with that. You like that? See how I did that? Coming out and, every uh, time. I think it's one of the part that cracks me up is a lot of the people have kind of gotten the joke and the reviews they give us keep saying like we're the best firestorm and aquaman podcast out there that just cracks me up every time it's just such a dearth of firestorm and aquaman podcasts you know um you know what in the interest of time i'm probably not going to read every single one of these uh but let me give a shout out to everyone here you know s diddy thank you very much gave us a very nice i didn't know that that the that sean diddy listens to the aquaman 
Fire, oh, yeah. Firestorm podcast. He does. Yeah, yeah. He says we bring our knowledge and passion to the characters. Thank That's you. Right. Uh, Charlemagne, who's our good buddy Roy Cleary, gave us a very nice comment uh, talking about he can't wait for the next issues. Uh, we got a comment from Luke Dab. I don't know him. Is he one he's of a, your guys? He's a foamer. He did. He's a fantastic artist who mm-hmm. did the um, Aquaman Valentine custom made Valentines for us this month. Oh, those were great. Yes. Yeah, and he, he also won last year's header contest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a All fantastic right. artist. He, uh, he commented about our banter. And uh, I like he's still anything better than engaging this kind of nerd speak yourself is listening to Rob and Shag do it. <laughs> uh, Joe Mello gave us a very nice review on talking about Nick Carty. Thank you, Joe. And then I uh, got one here from Snoopy Woodstockus, which I'm pretty sure is my buddy Randy Caldwell. So, uh, or Randy Collins, sorry. I keep getting those two mixed up. Nice. Uh, my buddy, whose name I just forgot. What? Jeez. <laughs> and me Thanks and my uh, wife, uh, what's her name? Tina? G- Something like Gina, that. Gina, I think, maybe? No. Uh, going Akron. I'm pretty, sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is my buddy, Randy Collins. And uh, he's, he's got this great thing here that uh, I don't know how. I think he's reading our playbook because he totally calls out a segment that you and I are currently developing. He says, I really can't wait for the 12-episode Slipknot Ocean Master Contrast and Compare series. <laughs> so I don't know how he found out we're working on that. And, and you know, originally it was going to be um, maybe Slipknot the, Fisherman. Maybe it's from the blog name that I registered. Damn it. Rob, you're <laughs> supposed to do those – you know that the privacy thing where you don't, your name doesn't get posted when you, you have to pay a little – oh, you're too cheap to pay the extra for the privacy thing. That's what it is. Nice. Nice. Anyway, it was going to be Slipknot and Fisherman, but we decided, you know, ridiculous character. So we're going with uh, we're going with uh, Ocean Master because he carries a staff. So anyway, um, got this great letter from I think it's Stev. I'm not sure if it's Steve and the E got dropped off or if it's Stev. I'm going to go with Stev. <laughs> it's Steve, and he doesn't know how to spell his own name. <laughs> um, it, again, it's another great long letter, uh, and it's really appreciative. Um, it, Again, it's wonder- anyway, wonderful letter. Really appreciate everything he says in it. Uh, I, I really like how he specifically says, I have a long-time respect for Rob and his minions. I love that. Um, I do have jokes. minions, yes. Well, you know, your alcoholic friend Joe Slap. So uh, he wrote here, Comparatively with Firestorm, I decided to jump on with the new 52 and have completely and have been completely pleased with the story and characters. I don't have all the previous knowledge of the character and can understand how a lot of longtime match heads might not be pleased with the changes. But for me, it's a blast and really sold a solid read every month. I immediately consider myself a Jason Rush fan, but Ronnie has grown on me, and I couldn't imagine the book without either of them. So with this birth of my inner flame, awaken the need to learn more about the nuclear man and his past. I've made sure that the Firestorm fan site is part of a, of a weekly geek out. That being said, I have to say that Shag is an excellent guard to the eternal flame. It is, uh, Wow, he's really nice. I'm definitely reading this. Okay. Uh, it is impressive to see that this site is friendly to new and old fans alike, which is a testament to Shag's support for all Firestorm the, for all Firestorm characters, regardless of the incarnation. I wanted to shoot you cats an email to share my appreciation for all the things you do for the Steam team. That's right. I love the Steam team. I love that. It took me a moment. like, Steam team? Oh, fire and water. That's brilliant. So, your efforts towards the characters and their mythos are impressive and extremely entertaining. Peace out, Steve. You know what actually got me to – I remember now why I mainly wanted to read this letter. is because he calls us cats, and I think that's cool. <laughs> uh, but also, it's, I'm, really, I'm really glad to hear from a Firestorm fan who – it's just now you're discovering the book with the new 52 and, you know, it's ter- ter- completely, uh, you know, taken to it. I think that's fantastic. That's great. And now you've heard from every single Firestorm fan, all six. 
Damn, man. Anyway, we got an uh, email from <laughs> Michael Bradley, uh, and he wrote, Thank you for sharing the audio of the excellent interview with Nick Cardi. I love hearing the legends talk about their time in the industry and hearing the anecdotes and stories of their lives that often get left out of the history books. Thanks again for sharing it. I hope you get the opportunity for similar interviews down the road, so do we, and are able to share those as well. Uh, Michael Bradley does the podcast The Thrilling Adventures of Superman, which is a great show. It's it's like a having a professor just talk to you about the golden age of Superman. And it's just like, <laughs> like the coolest college course you could never take. So um, he, 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 he covers the golden age Superman in like all its facets, like in the radio show, the, the, sun, the um, newspaper strip, which is like particularly my favorite. He does um, uh, like profiles of the people that worked on Superman in the 30s and the 40s. It's a great, it's a great show. And uh, the, uh, we thank Michael for the uh, email. And the, uh, as you heard in the commercials, uh, the, uh, we heartily endorse the show. Want to give a shout out real quick to got an email from Ryan, who is uh, he is all the way in Melbourne, Australia. Whoa, that's so cool. That's very far away. Oh gosh, got it that, in. Was, that was a real stretch. Uh, I think so. <laughs> he works at a comic book shop called Comics R Us in Melbourne, and uh, he's a complete Aquaman devotee. Uh, he mentions here how Aquaman's selling really well, nice. and what. What a diamond the book is. I think that's great. Thank you so much. Uh, we, we, that's it. We are international now. That is awesome. Uh, the last one we got, we've got a, a letter from Ben Avery, who uh, is a member of Foam, a new, newly minted member of Foam. Um, he's not, he wasn't a huge fan of Aquaman number six. He mentions uh, Mira's fish out of water story, pun not intended. Makes her look, <laughs> makes her look foolish at, at best, unlikable at worst. Can't shop for dog food. Doesn't understand law enforcement. Mirror is an alien, yes. A queen, yes, but not an idiot. For all my nitpicking, it's still a great book. It's like when U2 puts out a new album. Bad U2 is still better than most of what's out there. <laughs> this was gorgeous to look at, first of all. And I like the mystery of Mirror's connection to the armored Atlanteans. I wish that mystery had been alluded to earlier. He talked about how that, he thought that should have been teased in the first arc. Um, yeah, I think Ben has a lot of good points. There, are, you, know, you could make the argument that Mirror does seem a little, a little too cut off from you know, not understanding basic things, but you know, it didn't bother me as I read it, but it, you know, I'm almost afraid now to hear people's commentary on comics that I read afterwards. Cause after we learned with Frank last week, um, <laughs> there, there might be less than, than, than meets the eye. So I'm just going to say I enjoyed it at the time and move on from there. But uh, we thank Ben for the, uh, for the email. And, uh, tell you what, uh, Rob, tell the folks how they can, uh, where they can email us. Oh yes, of course. Uh, that's a firewater podcast at Comcast. .net. So send your emails to there. Absolutely. Send your emails. Uh, put your comments on the blogs. Give us the iTunes reviews. Shout out on Twitter. Whatever you can do to help spread the word. And uh, you can get more people Graffiti. to write in. What's that? Graffiti. Right. I, I mean, yeah. In the Writing on the backs of highway signs. Exactly. Whatever it takes to get more people to write in and say that Firestorm is a much better character than Aquaman. We need more of that. So. Yeah, good much, luck with Much that. appreciated. Yeah, you do need it. Um, <laughs> the, the final thing I wanted to mention was um, last – a couple of days ago, the Eagle Awards were – and Eagle Award nominations were announced. The Eagle Awards are British um, uh, comic book award – I don't know what like the term for it is, like board or something. But anyway, it's a, it's a comic book award, and they are comic – the comic industry's oldest award. I think they first started in 1976. They had the – the nomination round a couple of months ago and they released the actual nominations uh, on March 1st and we're very happy to report that Aquaman like swept 
the nominations. Um, the book is up for favorite book. The cover, cover number one, is up for favorite cover. Um, Aquaman number four is up for favorite individual story. Um, you've got Jeff Johns for favorite writer. You've got Ivan Reese for favorite artist. And you've got Rod Reese for favorite colorist. So uh, it is just like an uh, Joe Prado was left out. I don't understand that, but he was. But short of Joe, um, the entire Aqua team got nominated, and uh, we're very excited that it's you know it's like a, the, the the cherry on a very nice Sunday that the, the book has been received so well. Now it's getting actually nominated for awards. You know when you ever see that. Um, <laughs> so you can go over to um, I'll give you the the address is www. EagleAwards.co.uk slash nominations. And you can see all the different categories you can vote for. And then all you have to do is click a, where it says, please click here to open the survey. And you can go and vote. Um, and on a more personal note, uh, as thrilled as I was to see Aquaman get nominated, the Shrine did not get reach the nomination stage for best uh, comics-related news site. But you can't win them all. But the, even more excited than I am about Aquaman getting all those awards is that my daily comic strip ace kilroy got nominated for favorite web-based comic um i don't know how we managed to do that because we were up against like three dozen other strips but we made it into the final five that's Um, awesome yeah we are very we dan and i are very very proud of that i really again don't know how we did it but we did um so we are encouraging everybody i'm not a competitive person by nature but i really want to win this um, so <laughs> we are encouraging everybody to please go to the Eagle Awards nominations and on question number 19, favorite web-based comic, we're right at the top, Ace Kilroy. So we please, uh, I, I, I beg of all of you out there, please go and vote for Ace Kilroy, Ace Kilroy, cause this would really put us on the map. And, uh, we're just, start, we just started out. I mean, the, the strip's less than six months old. So we're, you know, very humbled by, by the support that's been shown to us so far and it would just you know it would be a huge help to us to really get us noticed to, to, to have ace Kilroy win that i mean when i was a kid i remember when swamp thing alan moore swamp thing won an eagle award and dc put the eagle award logo on the cover of the book mm-hmm. which i had like never seen before and, and i always i always remember that and so i have uh, visions of slapping the eagle award winning logo on the website so <laughs> so if, if you wouldn't mind we really would appreciate if you go to the eagle awards and um in case you missed the web address I gave, you can go to the shrine, AquamanShrine.com, and there's a graphic on the sidebar that'll take you to the, the page where you can vote for all the Aquaman, Aquaman in all the categories, and vote for Ace Kilroy. And you can also go to the Ace Kilroy uh, blog and website, which is www.acekilroy.com, and uh, follow the links to that uh, to, to vote for us from there too. That's fantastic. I, I really hope uh, things go as well as possible possible for you. You know, obviously you've got my vote. And uh, good luck, man. Thank you. I hope so. I said it. We're very excited. Said, even if we don't, you know, we're up against some stiff competition. There's a, there's a, there's, I'm not that familiar with the other strips except for one, uh, which I think is really good. So, you know, if we lose, we lose. It's not a big deal. I mean, I'm just thrilled that we got to this level. I really am. It's kind of like being, you know, one of the five people to get nominated to the Oscars. You know, like was, you still get to go. Good. I was going to say the, 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 the politically correct statement is it's an honor just to be nominated. Yeah, exactly. But I still want to win. So exactly. there, there's the truth. And there's the truth. I still really want to win. So there you go. So, well, folks, I think that's going to do it for this uh, episode of the fire and water podcast. Um, if you want, you can look for more firestorm goodness at firestormfan.com, And you can find us on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. 
And, um, you know, we're just going to keep pumping out stuff on uh, Classic and New Firestorm, just keeping the excitement going for you matchheads. What about you, Rob? Uh, well, you can find uh, – I started up a new blog. The address is slipknot.blogspot.com, so that's exciting. We're very excited about that. Uh, uh, you, you better reserve that before you publish this because somebody's, somebody's going to take it. Oh my God. And then we're going to have to pay a million dollars. It's awful. Um, Lee no, Novak's going to be like, ha ha, you have to buy it from me. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then, then that'll enable him to quit his crushing, soul crushing job um, <laughs> with all the money he makes from Slipknot. So um, anyway, you can visit the Aquaman Shrine, which is www.aquamanshrine.com. You can find us also on Facebook and Twitter. All right, folks. Remember, fan the flame and ride the wave. Say goodnight, Rob. Good night, Chag, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! Come on, let's get out of here. Wait, Aquaman, there are four other ships heading for Atlantis. We've got to stop them, Tadpole. I want to go with... No. You go to the Aqua Cave.